Good morning, New Life. I am so looking forward to walking through this devotion, in large part because um, we are in 1 Peter, we're going to stay in 1 Peter, but I want to back up. Isaiah 53 is a passage that was central for me even coming to the Lord. So uh, coming from a, a Jewish perspective, you expect the Messiah to be a grand, glorious, God-on-earth figure. When the Messiah comes, swords become plowshares. There's no more war. There's no more suffering. Things are fixed. And so when Jesus was pr first presented to me as the Messiah, it didn't make sense. My, my, my first question was, how is it possible the Messiah has come and there's still war? Nothing's fixed. And so it didn't make sense that Jesus could be the Messiah. And Isaiah 53 was a passage. It's one of the four servant songs of Isaiah that I had never looked at in this way. It's a servant song about the Messiah, and it's a servant song about him being a suffering servant. And so the whole picture that Jesus could come as a suffering servant the first time and return as a victorious warrior where everything is fixed was brand new to me. So Isaiah 53 is rich to me in meaning and how it impacted my life. So what does that have to do with 1 Peter? So 1 Peter so far has been walking through suffering and people enduring in suffering. And today we're going to read two verses, and he is going to turn from suffering, your suffering and my suffering, the people who, who read it at that point, their suffering, and he is going to turn to the suffering, and he's going to look at Jesus' suffering. When he looks at Jesus' suffering, he's going to quote Isaiah 53, four different verses, all right in this short little context. So first, I'm going to read 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 and 25. We'll go to Isaiah, and then we'll tie some, some things together. So 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 and 25. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So he's talking about suffering, and he turns to look at Jesus. He says, if we're going to talk about suffering, we really need to understand at the very heartbeat of suffering in the whole universe is Jesus Christ dying on a cross. And he starts with the, the words, he himself bore our sins. Now I'm going to go back to Isaiah 53, and I'm going to read just a couple of things. This is verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs. Then in verse 11, and he shall bear their iniquities. And then in verse 12, yet he bore the sin of many. So Jesus bearing our sin, that, that's language that all comes from Isaiah, and Peter quotes it here. He himself bore our sins. He took your sin and my sin upon himself. He became sin and died in our place as a substitution for us. There's no question, though. The, the whole of Isaiah 53 is saying, Jesus Christ died on the cross to save us, to wash away our sin. And so he says, He himself bore our sins in his body on a tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. That likewise comes from Isaiah 53. We read in verse 5, and with his wounds we are healed. And he says, for 
You were straying like sheep. Comes from Isaiah 53. And we all like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. So Peter is reflecting back on Isaiah 53 that Jesus died in our place, that he bore our sins, he absorbed our sins into himself, that we can be forgiven. And the only way of salvation, the only way of salvation is through Jesus Christ, his sacrifice for our sins. Now, a unique thing about this verse, though, he says, he bore our sins in his body on the tree, not so that we could be saved, so that our sins could be forgiven. Then he turns it that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. So the power of the cross of Jesus Christ has has two dynamics. On the one hand, it is for our salvation, to wash away our sin and to make us new. But past that, it is to help us live a life in which we die to sin and live to righteousness. So he says, Jesus died that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. What does that mean for you and me today? First, it means we have to die to sin. Um, It's very easy in the midst of uh, trying times and suffering to become angry, to be less patient, to be judging. It's very easy to become bitter. It's easy to experience lots of sin. Um, I don't know if you get cranky when you don't sleep as well. We used to have rules in my house. My, Deborah would look at the kids if one of them wanted something and I fell asleep reading on the couch. Don't wake up dad and ask him something. Why? Because when you wake up dad sleeping on the couch, uh, the answer is no. I just wake up grumpy. Uh, that, that might, hey, dad, can I have a sleepover? No, 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 no. Like, why are you waking me up? We have to die to sin die to selfishness, die to all of those emotions. We have to die to ourself and then live to righteousness, that we can today have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithful, gentleness, self-control. We're going to be agents of mercy, agents of reconciliation, agents that wash away bitterness and bring about forgiveness. That's the life God has called you and me to. So not only can we celebrate in this passage the fact that Jesus Christ suffered for our salvation, he also suffered that you and I can live righteous lives today. God be with you.